Okay, good morning. Hello. I'm still in Chiang Mai. It's uh, Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. Class 21 in the ongoing series uh, Solar System History, ET Earth Contact, the Timeline from Ra. We're deep into the 92 page PDF, uh, last time ending on page 59. Uh, where the next, the new material begins with Ark of the Covenant. Uh, for review, sort of, not much, uh, there's Ra's reply uh, at 24-6, session 24, uh, question 6, which, where Don was asking about the next contact of the Confederation uh, uh, from uh, earlier contacts uh, post-Atlantis were in the time frame pretty much 3600 to 3000 BP before present so uh, 1600 to 1000 BC or so and very apropos of current conditions in the Middle East uh, 24-6 and the heart of the Confederation, Orion intervention, uh, mirroring interventions or successive interventions uh, 3,600 years ago to 3,300 years ago to 3,000 years ago. Uh, what happened then is in many ways um, uh, up for final resolution today in the Middle East. And uh, 24-6 explains a bit of why the Middle East has been so hot for a while. It's the, quote, holy land, holy for the Abrahamic religions, uh, cultures, Hebrew, Christian, Muslim. Uh, in some sense, when I think about the Middle East conflict today, I think of uh, the Abrahamic's last stand, the Abrahamics, meaning the three religions that all trace back to Father Abraham, as they say, Hebrew, Christian, Islamic, or Muslim, uh, the Islamic last stand, or the not the Islamic, the, the Abrahamics last stand as a whole in the Middle East is up for resolution or up in play now today. In many ways... Uh, like Albert Pike's Three World Wars letter, presumably, to Mazzini in a British Museum in late 19th century, Albert Pike, the uh, primary top Freemason in the United States, actually, in the 19th century, if, if of all time, Three World Wars forecast. And whether the letter is true or not, um, I do think that Negative forces have planned three world wars. And actually, honestly, I think they were slated to um, complete in the 20th century. I believe the, the Six-Day War or the Yom Kippur War or what war was happening with Israel and the Arab neighbors uh, in the 70s, 73, whatever that is, Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War. They have a lot of wars, you know. Uh, that was planned to be World War Three, And if you look at... Um, stuff from Yuri Geller and Puharich um, aligned to, the, related to the raw material, sort of, because Puharich had a direct friendship with Don Henry Puharich, Andrija Puharich, had a direct friendship, um, but it may not have been that close, because Ra even sort of indicated that he shouldn't sit in on the sessions, because he wasn't prepared or of the right vibratory condition. <laughs> But uh, Puharich and Yuri Geller and whatever channeling they were doing or some kind of psychic work in the, in the 70s, I remember reading many years ago uh, there was some kind of gravity to the situation, like it was very close to a, a nuclear um, free-for-all uh, in the Middle East uh, with you know Soviet Union backing Arabs and the U.S. backing Israel. And, and Yuri Geller maybe had something to do with it not happening. 
that was some kind of impression given. So anyway, the short of it is, I think what came out as a as a regional war in the 70s in the Middle East was actually planned to be a world war by them, the them, and uh, <clears throat> was prevented. And it may well be prevented again. You know, we got local, regional, global. We got local war, regional war, world war. And keeping it contained means keeping it at lower, smaller levels, called local or regional, rather than world or global. And as I said before, the only question in my mind is the radius of destruction uh, in terms of what's going to happen here. This is World War III now. It's uh, enjoined. It's been joined. And it's completely, <laughs> directly related to, uh, you know, the the tragic comedy of Confederation Orion interventions jostling through the millennia. Uh, at the end of Atlantis, 11,000 years ago, 12,000 years ago, post-Atlantis in the Middle East, 4,000, 3,000 years ago, <clears throat> and then in the, uh, you know, common era uh, in the last few hundred years as well. So this is the end, and 24-6 explains a bit. And I'll just read it through and jump to the new material, the Ark of the Covenant, after. 24-6, Ross said, approximately, and I'll just clip some of the words, approximately 3,600 years ago, there's an influx of Orion, Due to increasing influences, increasing negative influences upon thinking and acting, meaning thinking and acting distortions, the people's actions and their thought, they, Orion, were able to begin, begin, working with those whose impression from olden times was that they were special and different. So this notion of chosen people or special and different uh, came prior to the settlement in the Middle East. From olden times is actually a direct reference to Yahweh, Confederation Yahweh's prior attempt or prior working on the Martian immigrants, emigres from, Marsha, from Mars, Semitic, not Semitic, whatever, um, moved to the Middle East, but even from that time, 75,000 years ago, had some deep mind belief in their own elite superiority, supreme metaphysical uh, superiority, special and different. Uh, so then, Ra goes on, an entity of the Confederation, many, many thousands of your years in the past, Yahweh, by genetic cloning, set up these particular biases, <laughs> that they're special and different. Yeah, by working on the Martian emigres, they ended up feeling that they're special and different. Those biases were set up by Yahweh. Lovely. Who's Confederation? Uh, those people who came to gradually dwell in the vicinity of Egypt, and then many other places, after the downsinking of Mu. So they went from Mars to uh, human, new, you know, emigrant, <laughs> 75,000 years ago, to Mu, to Atlantis, to the Middle East, to uh, global conditions today. Here the Orion group found, and it's not, it would be mistaken to say, only uh, Jewish. Uh, any supremacist-minded uh, individual or group. And you, you can find supremacism all over the place. I mean, it's really, in, every, in nearly every culture, there's been a line of supremacist identity that um, leaders have developed or exploited uh, whether they, uh, you know, believe it themselves, I guess they do. They really have this sense of um, sanctity permission, uh, which is what holy war, the phrase holy war is all about. Uh, sanctity permits, or my sanctified nature permits um, complete free action outside the bounds of everybody else's morality. <laughs> Uh, we don't uh, we, we don't have to follow your morality because we are special, different, superior, metaphysically chosen, divinely blessed. There are many people in many groups actually who believe that in some way or another. And so, okay, uh, the Martians get worked on by Yahweh. They end up 
by genetic upgrade and uh, believing themselves special and different, completely fertile ground for Orion. And Ross says, here the Orion group found fertile soil in which to plant seeds of negativity. These seeds, as always, being those of elite, the different, those who manipulate and enslave others with, with divine permission, the divinely permitted, the amoral divinely permitted, permitted by the divinity um, outside the bounds of everyone else's morality. Uh, and we see that in play today, very clearly by statements in the news. Ra goes on, the one known as Yahweh felt great responsibility. <laughs> yeah, you think so? However, a Ryan group had been able to impress upon the papal the name Yahweh. This is the, the co-optation of the name with Moses. And calling uh, the name Yahweh is the one responsible for elitism, meaning they basically co-opted the name. <laughs> uh, Moses uh, missed the ball, which is understandable. Some people around him dropped him because they said, what happened to our, our teacher, you know? Uh, our sage uh, is now talking about uh, killing enemies, you know, smiting everyone but ourselves. This doesn't sound like what he used to say. Uh, then Yahweh took stock of its vibratory patterns, became a more elo eloquently effective sound vibration complex. <clears throat> How effective? I don't know. Yeah, I think, again, <laughs> the, the, the standards uh, of uh, higher dimensional beings and their perspectives are really quite different. So they may see gain and development that we don't see. They also uh, may, may speak of things in ways that are just uh, not of um, facts on the ground. So, because they're not on the ground. In this complex, the old Yahweh, now unnamed, meaning Yahweh, that didn't have a name uh, in accord with uh, how it was received, uh, began to send positively oriented information, and that was 3,300 years ago. And then, then they say, thus, the intense portion of what's become known as Armageddon was joined. Today is the final portion of Armageddon. And the final portion of Armageddon uh, is what uh, will transpire as some, some type of World War III with a variable radius of destruction as to uh, what happens w when, you know, when, when they, if, if the sides go to total war, I'd be the sides are Israel, U.S., EU, NATO, versus, you know, resistance of, uh, axis of resistance, right? Hamas, Palestinian Jihad, the, those in the West Bank and Gaza, Lebanon, Hezbollah and Syria and Iraq, most of Iraq, and Iran, and Afghanistan, and Yemen, <laughs> and uh, possibly Turkey and Egypt as well. Uh, if ever it does, uh, the, 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 the switch is flicked, you flick the switch, and, and it's on, um, the outcome obviously can't be predicted, or I couldn't. Partly because um, there are technologies or weapon systems in play that have not yet been used, and so uh, people are not familiar with them, like scalar and dot, dot, dot. So um, history doesn't repeat itself. It just, go, it just spirals. It just uh, ascending a spiral. It uh, uh, spirals ascendingly. It uh, does a spiraling ascension. And so we come to a similar point as had been before, but at a higher, quote, turn of the spiral, meaning a um, more developed condition, but quite resonant with um, the same several times or multiple times in the past. So, uh, <clears throat> we will see. So the new material page 59, Ark of the Covenant. And Lawrence, his note here was, more indications that the Exodus story inverts negative Yahweh's actions, meaning it's not negative Yahweh, it's Orion, Yahweh co-opted name. <laughs> Orion, who's going by the name, it, it's a, 
Orion masquerading as Yahweh, making negative actions, the negative actions of Orion in the guise of Yahweh. And so he's saying more indications that the Exodus story inverts Orion's actions, meaning uh, called negative Yahweh, and presents them as a force for good in the world. The Ark was apparently an apparatus created for negative purposes. Mm. It might be worth noting that the dimensions of the Ark of the Covenant, as given in the Bible, would be a perfect fit to place it in the sarcophagus, quote, of the great pyramid king's chamber. And his view is uh, in the next paragraph, the Exodus account says Pharaoh permitted the Israelites to leave Egypt, but suddenly changed his mind as they headed to the east and dispatched an army to subdue them. Did the Israelites or whoever steal the Ark of the Covenant? Don't know. Ra in 60.17, bottom page 59, explains this. Don asks, I don't know if this question will result in any usable direction, but I think I must ask it. What was the Ark of the Covenant, and what was its use? Ra replies, the Ark of the Covenant was that place wherein those things most holy, according to the understanding of the one called Moshe, Moses, were placed. The, articles, the article placed therein has been called by your people's two tablets called the Ten Commandments. There were not two tablets. There was one writing in scroll. This was placed along with the most carefully written accounts by various entities of their beliefs concerning the creation by the one creator. The Ark was designed to constitute the place wherefrom the priests, as you call those distorted towards the desire to serve their brothers, could draw their power and feel the presence of the one creator. However, it's to be noted that this entire arrangement was designed not by the one known to the confederation as Yahweh, the original true Yahweh, but rather was designed by negative entities, Orion, preferring this method of creating an elite called the sons of Levi. I don't know much about the... My family's Jewish, but I'm not much well-versed on Jewish history. The sons of Levi. So whoever they are, um, Ra makes a direct linkage that the elite, that uh, the sons of Levi were an elite. Whoever was in that community were considered and considered themselves to be an elite. That those people as an elite was designed by Orion. Negative entities preferring this method of creating elite. Okay, so the Ark of the Covenant was designed by negative entities. Was it Orion and others? Sure. <laughs> was it only Orion? Maybe not. Was it Orion? I would imagine so. And maybe others. Why they didn't say Orion, but they said negative entities? Don't know. So the Ark is a place where um, sacred objects were, were uh, housed. They were housed there, um, including the Ten Commandments, which were not content, not tablets, of course, they were scroll, uh, and various other writings regarding cosmology or, um, you know, uh, you know, soul evolution in the cosmic plan or uh, the work of uh, spiritual transformation and source and God and plan and all this. All these different writings and objects were at a place called the Ark. However, while it's a place, um, it's a place with the, that had various articles and it's not clear how big or small it is, right? Is it a is it a box or is it a room? I don't know. Is it a cave? Uh, it's a place. The Ark of the Covenant was really a place, and and sacred so-called sacred objects were placed there. Uh, writings and scrolls and dot dot dot. It was supposed to be a it's basically a place for um, uh, interdimensional communication. And the Ark may have been, uh, you know, the chest plate of the great priests with the nine stones and all that. Uh, 
may well obviously been associated with interdimensional contact with their Yahweh, who was Orion at that time. So it, it was designed by Orion, the place, the arrangement, whatever it may be, whether it's a box of things or a breastplate or all those things all together. It was uh, Orion or negative entity made. Where is it located, Don asks. It's 6019. Of course, he's not going to get an answer. Ross said, we refrain from answering the query due to the fact that it does still exist and is not that which we'd infringe upon your peoples by locating. Thank you. So they didn't infringe. They didn't say it still exists. It obviously then is, is, not a, is probably not a cave or a room. It's, it may well be a box of items. It may be one item. And one item is a place. So, who knows? But you can just, I see clearly that um, the intensity of, the intractability and intensity of the Abrahamics, the, 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 you know, the, the angry Abrahamics. They're just angry Abrahamics. All three, uh, you know, co-religionists uh, of the three Middle Eastern Abrahamic religions, they as a whole have been fighting uh, for 3,000 years. Uh, obviously, there's, you know, the Hebrews were fighting before, the, before Yeshua, and then there's the two of them, and then there's the three of them after Muhammad and Islam get going. And... Um, it's just a place of intense conflict and intractable opposition. Um, and in general, um, both sides are, or all sides are significantly influenced by Orion. By the way, there's a threat of a power outage here any moment. So any moment this whole thing, this discussion may end and I will have to repeat, you know, try to uh, pick it up on the other side or continue after the power goes on. So we'll see. So, uh, commonly, um, high-intensity interpersonal dynamics are charged to that degree of high intensity by metaphysical and past-life roots. So there's lots of past-life activity of... Uh, those Abrahamics in the Middle East who have been fighting each other for a long, long time. They're all Martians, basically. The, the struggling Abrahamics. There are those that don't struggle, of course. There are Jews that follow the Torah, Old Testament, and um, are very uh, moral, highly moral, and, and, and wise. There are similarly Christians and uh, Muslims who are highly moral and wise uh, and have been the case since the inception of each of those three traditions. But uh, they're not the people who have great social power, political power, and strive for domination, interpersonal domination. So the, good, the goodly check out and the field is uh, left to the hateful Abrahamics, which, which may well be the majority of the Abrahamics. They're the Martians. They're basically the hateful Martians um, in the Middle East um, have been hating uh, one and all uh, since their inception uh, 4,000 years ago or so in the Middle East. And that's that. And this is the last chapter, I'd imagine. Okay, what about Akhenaten? Top page 60. Da, uh, Lawrence's note. Conventional dating places Akhenaten's reign between 1353 and 1334 BC, meaning 2300 to, or 3300, to, about 3300 years ago. That implies he lived a century before or after Exodus. 1450 BC or 1270 BC. So we're we're still in this range uh, 3600 to 3000 BP. So 3600 to 3000 years ago 
all these things happened. Uh, Moses uh, got a confederation, Orion, a confederation, Yahweh Online, and came, brought, you know, non-distorted divine teaching, sacred teaching. Then the people pressured him and uh, he called for a lower level of information, uh, that which was practical, associated with, you know, regional politics and power uh, on the human, at the human level, and lost Confederation Yahweh, replaced by uh, 4D negative Orion, who then said, we're Yahweh, sure, whatever you, you know, you call us Yahweh. And uh, then teachings of elitism and holy war, supremacism, got anchored with these Martians. And then you have uh, Confederation Yahweh lost his name, becomes more eloquent or something, and speaks through the Hebrew Old Testament prophets. And they are, as far as I know, highly critical of uh, Israelite leadership. Okay? And then we have Yeshua coming in. So, uh, the 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 one you know the 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 one sheep who strayed is called the Martians. <laughs> there are many sheep who are strayed, but in this world, Yeshua came to the the one of the lost sheep uh, called Martians, who settled in the Middle East, and have been um, whether they like it or not the the object of multiple higher dimensional groups genetic intervention starting with Yahweh 75,000 years ago, then Yahweh again, and Orion further, uh, 3,300, 3,600 years ago. And so it's a real patchwork of um, human and alien genetics. This stupid talk. Uh, actually, it's human and uh, upgraded human genetics. And... It's not like uh, the plan is to make uh, Orion wants humans to look like Orion. It's Orion's uh, mm, intervention. You see, it, it was basically like... I, I'm not sure the degree to which Orion did genetic modification. <laughs> Yahweh does it on the Martians coming in. Then Yahweh is speaking to Moses. Then Moses, uh, by a change of uh, focus and priority, loses Yahweh, gets Orion, who says, sure, I'm Yahweh. Then the real Yahweh realizes, uh-oh, I've been supplanted. And the, uh, the work of um, Orion infiltration into the thinking of the culture developed quite muchly uh, from Moses to the Anak walking among of Yahweh. So Yahweh then, who's lost his name and not in touch with the Hebrews directly, uh, walks among, does genetic modification 3,300 years ago, 300 years after the loss of name with Moses, and then um, mucks it up even further because those that were made larger and stronger to rise up and and spread the law of one against <laughs> the Martians who were under the sway of Orion thinking that it was Yahweh and their service to self activities in the Middle East to counter that? Well, you've already lost. And so you see a primitivity of human consciousness and a barbarity of the human civilization and a primitivity and a naivete of the Confederation Yahweh and uh, others uh, on uh, who intervened. You see, the, those that are not naive didn't, didn't, do, didn't do these interventions. The interventions, you know, it's just like 4D positive um, battling Orion in the uh, thought form planes. Uh, only those who, the, the reason 4D positive does that holding action is only they lack the wisdom to refrain from the battle. The wise elder confederation have the wisdom to refrain from wandering and have the wisdom to refrain at least, to, I mean, they do some wandering, but they refrain significantly or wholly 
from such direct interventions, the genetic interventions. You see, even though the contact was lost, I mean, Orion is brilliant. So if there's this contact through Moses with Yahweh before the name loss, uh, Orion doesn't say, oh, hmm, they, we lost him, hmm. They think, okay, let's pressure the people um, to call for um, uh, guidance on um, local supremacy. You know, you, 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 let's amp up their elitism and generate a movement that demands that Moses get a different type of information, knowing that that would lead to the loss of Yahweh contact and that they could easily uh, co-opt the name and uh, respond to the changed calling. <laughs> that's <laughs> They knew that before it happened. Of course, that's why it happened. It was by their design. So they didn't like <clears throat> uh, cry that they lost, that they didn't have a contact. They cleverly figured out how to shift the demand of those seeking the contact or those receiving the information shift it to so that Moses would lose the contact with, with the Confederation Yahweh. Brilliant. Very smart. And likewise, uh, Yahweh's other intervention of walking among Anak uh, genetic modification, whether it was Joshua or some other, uh, that, <laughs> that, that's just like field day. That's just like uh, free, free cash to Orion. Well, if they're larger and stronger, you can be damn sure that the mind would be receptive to thoughts of elitism and superiority. Of course. So they won that round too. They won round one with Yao, with Moses. They won round two 300 years later or something like that. And then Yahweh, Confederation Yahweh speaks through prophets. Okay. And, and the higher dimensional beings, you know, at some level, everything's perfect. However, note that Ra, who talks about perfect, no mistakes in the love one, is also one of the naive groups, not one of the wise groups. And so, uh, one, of the, one of those who had been naive as recently as a few thousand years ago, which is the <laughs> a grain of sand in the, in the temporal experience life, lifetimes of uh, six density beings uh, they are the ones saying there are no mistakes in the loved one in the sense that there's no right and wrong it's true is a sense that everything is of of godhead or of the one of course there's no better and worse there's just what is and in the end, all evolves, whether it stays in hell for 50,000 years or a knot of fear for 200,000 or not. I mean, when they talked about Carla getting trapped by the negative entity in, and having to go to what, you know, upper 5D negative time space and reincarnate and begin, you know, try to develop power up to six density again. Ra had a sort of sense of, you know, uh, in the end, everything would be okay. Or what? Everything's okay with everything? That 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 game don't that, that that dog don't hunt here. You know, that dog don't hunt. It it's fine up there. It's fine in theory. It's just not fine and true in practice. If you want something, you don't want the other. Normally if you if you're doing something it's because there's a motive for a particular outcome, and if the outcome happens to be diametrically opposed to your hoped for intended outcome that's not unreasonable to call it a mistake or a failure, even though it's perfect. It's perfect and it's a mistake and a failure because it's the antithesis of your intended outcome. It's kind of an issue. So, you know, let, let's be frank about things. So, as to Akhenaten, again, conventionally dated to about 3,300 years ago. Was that before or, at, you know, was that before or after Exodus? Who knows? Don asks, I'd assume before I asked the question that that would be the answer or something else like we couldn't say. 
uh, something. I only asked it for his benefit. He would have wished for me too. Who's that? Don't know. 2311, whatever that was. Can you tell me what happened to Akhenaten after his physical death? Ross said, This entity was then put through the series of healing and review of incarnational experience, which is appropriate for third density experience. The entity had become somewhat in the distortions of power, ameliorated by the great devotion to the law of one. This entity, Akhenaten, thus resolved to enter a series of incarnations in which it had no distortions toward power. True. And um, thus was born an affinity with, with um, Asian culture. And so um, the entity Akhenaten, um, and you see, Akhenaten is just not one guy. Akhenaten actually was a group project, as far as I can tell, meaning... There may have been one particular sixth density entity that was, you know, leading the show, but there were multiple sixth density entities in uh, involved in that incarnation, and so uh, after healing and review, which is standard for three D post incarnational process, then there's the preparation, uh, decision making for future incarnation, the next incarnation. And this is also common. The entity resolved to enter a series of incarnations in which I had no distortions for power, meaning no opportunity to have social, worldly power over others. Uh, off to the farm, into the countryside. And, uh, it, you know, Napoleon complex. Why does that short little fellow think that he's, uh, you know, act a lord, lord over all of us. Well, that short little fellow commonly was a big uh, brute in the past life and had, quote, distortions toward power, meaning um, attachment to power aggrandizement, social power, social material, financial power aggrandizement. And for one who's positive at, at base of being, obviously that's distortion or that's depolarizing. And so, it's not unusual. I've met, <laughs> I've met people, <laughs> boys and girls, male and females, in different parts of the world who clearly I could see um, were being um, were were in a um, comeuppance incarnation because they had abused worldly power, you know, used for service of self worldly power in the past life or lives and now they're at a lower level of the social order um, and it's smarts. I met a couple of people in the Philippines many years ago like that where it was very clear that they were not of the consciousness of the, the people around them but they were in a, in a lower economic position um, and I actually could see what was going on there so and they they their their real angst was like what am i doing here and uh, that does happen so balancing um that that's why uh wrong speech wrong action is really dangerous uh if you don't want to get stuck in painful limiting karmic um karmic comeuppance type incarnations be very careful with speech and action uh, it's okay to do to be free with thought if we're restrained rightly with speech and action uh, that thought won't translate into expression um, and if one generally keeps restrained from wrong speech and wrong action uh, one can one can see it through, uh, working, processing through with love, wisdom, understanding, acceptance, wisdom, regarding those thoughts, that which is distorted or harmful, which is of thought only, because we are well restrained in speech and behavior. This is very doable. <clears throat> I mean, and and it's just that one should be very careful uh, with speech and action. Uh, one can get into big trouble, particularly when one's very emotional. Um, 
in, in a case of being triggered. So, okay, Akhenaten went into a series of incarnations where there was simply the 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 uh, act the wheels are removed from the axle the axle is removed from the carriage as the I Ching would say uh, there was just no opportunity sorry <laughs> you're born a peasant you'll die a peasant and um, for a developed soul that may be very recuperative and balancing depending on the, the social conditions of the incarnation 2313, Don says, can you tell me what the average lifespan was at the time of Akhenaten for the Egyptians? So you see, of course, Akhenaten's right in the middle of this. <laughs> Akhenaten comes in at the, you know, in the middle of the 3600 to 3000 year, year ago, uh, six centuries, something like that, <clears throat> where on the one, on the bookend, you've got Moses and the uh, Yahweh, co the Orion's co-optation of the name. In the middle, you've got Akhenaten, uh, who could have been Moses anyway, and the whole thing is all very questionable. It, it, humans are, humans in power are chronic liars. They just can't stop lying. They're endlessly lying, the people, humans in power. We see it today very clearly, because it's reached, reaching a crescendo. But it's been the case more or less historically for the, you know, <laughs> since late Atlantis. For the last 12,000, 15,000 years, um, humans in power have been warring hard on each other. Prior, you know, this is the Martians in Atlantis and the Martians in the Middle East and the Martians in the Abrahamic religions and the Martians throughout the world who are of all different bodies and cultures per incarnation. <clears throat> uh, this uh, has been <laughs> they they lying and deception is a form of uh, war by mouth. It's basically uh, warfare by wrong speech. <laughs> wrong speech in the form of deception and lie, dishonesty, as a means of warfare or aggrandizing power. And so the dating, you know. The dates are all screwy uh, because many people have lied throughout the centuries about it. <laughs> so, uh, but the time frame is 3600 to 3000 before the present. And you've got Moses, you've got Akhenaten, you've got the loss of the Yahweh name. You've got Anak, Anunnaki and uh, Confederation Yahweh walking among making genetic modifications. You've got Orion co-opting and uh, taking control of that too. You've got Confederation Yahweh speaking through the prophets. Um, you've got the loss of the Ark of the Covenant. You've got the Exodus. There was a lot going on. So the Ra's answer, the average lifespan of these people, time of Akhenaten, was approximately 35 to 50 of your years. There was much what you'd call disease of a physical complex nature. Uh, and Ra explains 2314 uh, the reasons for the disease or such a short lifespan. Ra said, This is, as we, as we have mentioned before, not particularly informative with regard to the law of one. However, I mean, Ra and Spock are very close, I must say. However, the land you know of as Egypt at that time was highly barbarous in its living conditions, as you'd call them. The river, which you call Nile, was allowed to flood and recede, thus providing fertile grounds for the breeding of diseases carried by insects. Also, the preparation of foodstuffs allowed diseases to form. Also, there was difficulty in many cases with sources of water, and water which was taken caused disease due to the organisms therein. So, lots of causes for um, short lifespan. And that was kind of the low point. So, in terms of lifespan, uh, from 900 down to 35, and then back up to 90. Uh, 2315, Don followed up. I was really questioning more about the basic, the more basic cause of the disease rather than the mechanism of its transmission. I was going back to the root or thought which created the possibility of this disease. Could you tell, could you shortly tell me if I'm correct in assuming that the general reduction of thought 
over the long time on planet Earth with respect to an understanding of the law of one, he's very wordy too, created a condition in which this, what we call disease, could develop. Is this correct? And so Don was really asking about the metaphysics of consciousness that are causal, the, the metaphysical causality to disease and short lifespan associated with thought, um, awareness, um, consciousness, activity of the people involved with the short lifespan and the disease. Ra said, this is correct and perceptive. You, as questioner, now begin to penetrate the outer teachings. Ding, ding, ding. So, the outer teaching, you know, Ra said, the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable. There is no physical without a metaphysical. There is no metaphysical without physical. And this is, you know, fui, shiki, shiki, sokoze, ku, ku. Form is emptiness, emptiness is form. And so, form is empty of uh, substantiality. It's temporarily existent, obviously, and it's apparently real in that we perceive and experience form or anything, the physical, uh, but it's uh, the physical and its appearance, its appearance, its form its appearance is um, far uh, less than what it really is, than all it truly is. So things are not as they appear, nor are they otherwise. Uh, emptiness is form, or um, light manifests as form. The, the deathless appears as death. The ceaseless, or non-arising, appears as arising and persisting passing away. So the deathless manifests as a, uh, as a rising, persisting passing away. The deathless or the non-arisen, non-arisen, the deathless as without death because it's without birth. <laughs> so it's the absolute, the unmanifest, the essential, uh, true nature of uh, form is metaphysical. And yet that metaphysical expresses itself in the physical, uh, nor are they otherwise. So, okay, Ross said, the root cause in this particular society was not so much a bellicose action, although there were, shall we say, tendencies, but rather the formation of a money system and a very active trading and development of those tendencies towards greed and power. Thus, the enslaving of entities by other entities and the misapprehension of the creator within each entity. So the money system, not so much bellicose action, although there were tendencies, bellicosity as war and violence and torture, but rather formation of money system. So this is war at the mental social level, <laughs> not necessarily physical or physical body. You know, war directed uh, to the whole person of the uh, members of society members of society or other groups, uh, we want to take their stuff, basically. <laughs> so there's a formation of the money system, you know, Jesus against the money changers later. Very active trading. Trading is nice, but development of tendencies towards greed and power. Uh, <laughs> Mars Mars returns. So, so there was... Uh, a very well developed, a, a, a highly developed or a significantly developing money system. There was growing greed and power, or longing for power and control by money and uh, social endeavor, and enslaving by other enslavement, slavery, and <laughs> misapprehension of the creator within each entity. So, misapprehension of the creator. Um, develops certainly the uh, true Yahweh name loss cooptation by Orion who says I'm Yahweh you should kill your enemies do X Y and Z uh, I am the Lord and I'm angry all the time uh, 
this leads to misapprehension of creator or source, obviously. So the problem, you know, the middle, the problem of the Middle East, is really the problem of Martians on Earth, and it's uh, particularly the whole of the Abrahamic religions is where most of the Martians have gone. Uh, not not only, but in the cultures of the Abrahamic religions is where you'll find the majority of the Martians. And <clears throat> uh, they're, you know, when in Mars, uh, be a Martian. I'm just Martianing. So they just do what they do, right? Uh, the scorpion and the frog, as uh, Alistair Crook said, scorpion bites them, kills the frog, no matter what the frog does in kindness. It's just in its nature. Um, so uh, Martians are just being Martians in the forms of um, leadership and control of the Abrahamic religions as well as the nations in which those exist strongly seems to me and, and there are Martians in other places too of course <laughs> so they're not only in those nations hosting Abrahamic religions but uh, Maldek, Mars, Earth, um, Lemuria, Atlantis, and the current age, called Aryan by Bailey, but it's not uh, Nazi at all. It's post-Atlantean. <clears throat> uh, third chapter, uh, last act, the last scenes of the third chapter, or the last act in the s solar system play, are occurring now. Uh, and we see Orion's deep in it, Yahweh and the other naive members of the Elder Confederation are deep in it, um, Martians are deep in it, um, and the non-Martians among, uh, among us here, uh, we're deep in it too. So uh, I think that's a pretty reasonable, fair-minded assessment. Page 62, 3000 BP, Orion vacates Confederation in South America. This is the detail that we broached earlier. 2414, Don says, Then were there any prophets that we now have recorded that sprung from this era or soon after it? So we're talking first about the wrap-up of the 6th century phase, 3600 to 3000 BP. Ra said, those of the empire, Orion, were not successful in maintaining their presence for long after the approximately the approximate 3,000 year date in your history. So that's interesting. Why couldn't they maintain their presence? Hmm. And they were, perforce, left with the decision to physically leave the skies. So they left the skies physically. No more fiery wheel within a wheel. Then, Ra goes on, the so-called prophets were often given mixed information, right? But the worst that the Orion group could do was to cause these prophets to speak of doom, as prophecy in those days was the occupation of those who love their fellow beings and wish only to be of service to them and to the Creator. Prophecy in those days. <laughs> Meaning prophecy in these days, today, is not necessarily... The occupation of those who love their fellow beings and wish only to be of service? Yeah, probably. But there there are some very fine... There have been, in the 20th century, some excellent, I think, Christian prophets, Catholic Christian prophets. There have been a lot of prophets uh, that have been quite good in the last few hundred years. So, I mean, I'll, 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 maybe, maybe not a lot, but a dozen. Uh... But there probably were count, countless times that, or many times that, in not so good. So anyway, what's interesting is that they were given mixed information, and, and that was associated with Orion's influence and the mixed information, uh, what was the, the negative mix, the portion of, of information that was negatively distorted or, or oriented, was of doom. Um, and yet, there is doom to come. I mean, you can say, well, if you, uh, you know, um, take a step over the ledge, 
you uh, will fall to a painful, terrifying, traumatic death that'll affect you for three lifetimes. Now, is that of doom? Or is it simply an accurate prediction of what that prophet, you know, what, what was seen, what is seen to be outcome if you go a certain way, but you're, you know, walk out <laughs> off the ledge. So, um, it's a, it's a funny, you can, I mean, if negative outcome is what's being prophesied, how can you speak of it without falling into the category of doom? I'm not sure, but it, it's emotionalism or, um, unhinged doom or, uh, unreal, unrealistic, uh, prof, uh, predictions or aspects of the predicted doom or failure. So, okay, the, the short of that is, yeah, the prophets came in after 3,000, you know, 3,000 years ago, after the dust was settling and Orion was moving out and Yahweh lost its name and there were people still in the Hebrew or Israelites, I imagine, who thought they were in touch with Yahweh, who were not in touch with anybody. <laughs> so, meaning Orion wasn't even involved, perhaps. There, there are a lot of people that think they're channeling that are not channeling. I would imagine the majority of people who think they're channeling are not channeling. Majority. So, okay. In any case, <clears throat> um, the that that was a very hot time, 3,600 3, to 3,000 years ago. And that's very interesting. And there is a cycle resonance between the current time and that time. Almost at the end here, 2416, <clears throat> Don asked, could you tell me if you're saying the Orion group was successful in polluting, shall we say, some of the positively oriented prophets with message of doom? This is correct. Their next query should be the last full query for the session, 2417. What's up with uh, the Orion infiltration of the messages of Yahweh to the prophets warning their leaders? against continued negative uh, activity. Don asks, could you tell me why the Orion group had to leave after, I believe, it figures to be a 600-year period that why they had to vacate? <coughs> so you've got 600 years, which sounds interesting in that it's right, <laughs> right within the 100 to 700 year range that Ra forecast for the full dimensional shift into fourth density. I'm not saying that there's a direct relation, but Ra had said that uh, fourth density inception or beginning may take 100, 700 years, something like that, but it's not clear what that really means. Uh, many, th this is a chunk of centuries, and uh, this type of uh, solid bite of centuries uh, may be a full cycle in certain sense of, of some, maybe a cycle or a, fa uh, a phase cycle of a certain polarity. So uh, why did they have to leave? Ross said, although the impression that they had given to those who they called, the, to those who called them was that these entities were an elite group, that which you know as diaspora occurred, this is of the Israelites, sons of Levi, I guess, causing much dispersion of these people so that they became a humbler and more honorable breed, less bellicose and more aware of the loving kindness of the one creator. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, that's what happened. The uh, Israelite diaspora after Exodus. Uh, why... Uh, so they became less bellicose by their chastisement, in a sense, or, you know, wandering in the desert and all that. Ra goes on, the creation about them tended towards being somewhat bellicose, meaning the, the groups around them, somewhat oriented towards the enslaved, somewhat oriented towards enslavement of others. But they themselves, target of the Orion group, by means of their genetic superiority weakness, meaning the Yahweh modifications, 
became what you may be what you may call the underdogs thereby letting the feelings of gratitude for their neighbors their family and their one creator begin to heal the feelings of elitism which led to the distortions of power over others which had caused their own bellicosity so <clears throat> you know bellicosity distortions of power over others elitism are all of a kind elitism is of identity distortions of power over others is uh, behavioral based in thought associated with desire so when there's the implant implantation <laughs> of uh, elite identity naturally the kamaloka desire raga raga generating mind of 3d ever desirous <clears throat> based in uh, elitist identity then has the desires normally associated with just the seeking distortion of power over others seeking to power over other that's what elite identity would would how it would condition the ever generating desire fount of desire in the 3d mind then <clears throat> to uh, effect my desire for power over other control domination I go to bellicosity. So there's physical aggression, and then there's aggression at the verbal level called wrong speech. So wrong speech and the, the worst form of wrong action called kill, killing, murdering, enslaving, maiming, mind-controlling, devastating, uh, all that wrong action it goes along with uh, various forms of wrong speech as two different manifestations of bellicosity or bellicosity at the physical and verbal levels, thought, word, and deed. So by the <clears throat> thought of identity, the, the, the basis of thought being elite identity, conditioning the ever-spewing fount of desire, <clears throat> uh, conditioning those desires towards the seeking of domination power over other, the means to affect that desire, of course, will be uh, verbal and physical aggression, bellicosity of word and deed. Thus, <laughs> they make a dirty bed and sleep in it for a long time. And uh, how about today? Well, this is the last chance. You go one way, you're going to go to the right, you're going to go to the left. What will the Martians do? What will the Abrahamics do? Well, it's an individual matter. But the real problem is that, and, and I'll end on this, and next time we'll pick up in South, meet you in South America, page 62. Uh, so we know how the Martians became the Abrahamics um, in the Middle East and in other places, where those traditions are strong and where the leadership supports that is where you'll find uh, the majority of the Martians, it seems to me. The problem with, uh, you, you, this is probably um, inevitable. The problem with uh, Confederation Yahweh, uh, with its <laughs> naivete, um, probably um, it was a no-win situation because they worked on the collective. You can't work on a collective that's of mixed orientation and hope to have a uni, unidirectional or, or mono-oriented, uh, a singly-oriented result. Boom. You can't work on a collective. <clears throat> you, you know, if you fertilize the garden, uh, the, the Terran, Terran garden of samsara, if you fertilize it, the good seed and the bad seed, the wheat and the tares, both grow strong or both are fertilized. If you work on a collective, the whole collective gets it. Well, in a collective that's mixed orientation, meaning <laughs> their serve their negative at base of being, I don't even get it. Does Yahweh not know that these Martians are significantly uh, negatively oriented at base? Are they not? Am I wrong? I don't know. <laughs> Is the Martian collective not serves you know oriented significantly negatively? How do you help negatively oriented go positive? What, what's up? What's up? 
How how can you do that? How, it no 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 can do no can do. So you fertilize a garden where some of the seeds are wheat and wholesome, and some of the seeds are poisonous darnel or um, <clears throat> destructive to your mind. You can't have a single moral result. You're going to have a mixed result. <laughs> the snake drinks water becomes poison the cow drinks water becomes milk and you give everybody milk you give everybody water you get more poison and more milk that's the plan it was never you know twas ever thus said mr natural mr natural knows that it was inevitable what 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 is today what is what what is now uh, twas ever thus be because you can't you you can't work on a collective of mixed orientation and hope for a non-mixed result and you can't work on a collective of significant negatively polarized at base 3d souls and have them ever turn to love and light hmm. so meanwhile Humanity hasn't been developed sufficiently for one-to-one -one contact. And even now, only, Ross said, wanderers are the subjects of the one-to-one -one positive, you know, awakening type positive contact, confederation contact. Only wanderers, because everybody else will, will hurt themselves. No one else can be trusted with a positive one-to-one -one contact other than the wanderers. And they sometimes screw things up too. <clears throat> so, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just down here, down here on the farm. Uh, it was inevitable that um, that that it would turn out this messy. Uh, it seems to me. Anyway, it's a long discussion of <laughs> uh, assistance to a profoundly distorted mixed orientation 3d repeating collective it's uh, one for the history books and uh, the the uh, <clears throat> the archives the record books um, will long be um, uh, developed or added to so anyway i hope that's useful thank you for being here take good care of yourself see you next time and good night